I'm going to use a TV pundit's favorite line. Fate of the universe on the line. Lakers versus Clippers for the services of the finals MVP. They're playing a game of spades for the services of Kawhi Leonard. And Uncle Dennis set the Lakers. Let's go. Nobody was shocked when KD left the Warriors. Nobody blinked an eye when Kyrie left the Celtics. We all knew these things were coming. But Jimmy Buckets was a little shocking. Not that he left the Sixers, but that he ended up with the Heat. But Uncle Dennis, what he and Kawhi pulled off, wait a minute, what Jerry West, Uncle Dennis, Kawhi, and Steve Ballmer pulled off, that was massive. That was a beast boss move. Jerry West, Uncle Dennis, and Kawhi messed around and had a triple-double. Kawhi signs with the Clippers, and the Clippers add the perfect star to pair with the claw. The Clippers trade away Shea Gildress Alexander, Gallinari, and all their picks basically for the next decade. And get and guess what they gave up? Four unprotected first-round picks. A protected first-round pick. Two future swap picks. That's a beast haul for Sam Presti and OKC. At a glance. But what if none of those picks actually ends up in the lottery? It isn't like the this current Clippers team is going to tank. This current Clippers team is going to be one of the top teams in the West for the next four or five seasons, barring injury, because we can't predict health, which means most of those picks are going to be in the 20s. I'm not saying OKC didn't get value. I'm just going to say it's up in the air whether or not it's going to be the haul that people think it's going to be. But this isn't about OKC. I'll come back to OKC because they made some other moves or attempted to make some other moves that are going to impact the league as well, not to mention the future of their franchise. That beast move, I, I can't get it off my mind. Not only are the Clippers the runaway favorites to win it all, they did They did do OKC a solid. They did give OKC tradable assets, whether they choose to draft them for themselves or trade them for another established talent. Because OKC attempted to move Russell Westbrook. That didn't work. The Raptors wasn't feeling it. Maybe because of Westbrook's massive contract. Maybe because they just thought they would have to give up too much in exchange for Russell Westbrook's services. But again, let me get back to Russ and them in a minute. This is about the Clippers. This is about West, Rivers, and Balmer. They added the finals MVP in Kawhi with PG-13. You now have two great wing players with very similar skill sets. Combine those two along with Patrick Beverly, Landry Shamit, Montrez Harrell, and Lou Williams doing what he does off the bench. Or, or think about it this way. Late games, you need to get a stop on the perimeter because this league is perimeter dominated. You've got Patrick Beverly. You've got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George locking down everything on the perimeter. Now flip that around. 
What can they do offensively? Well, offensively, you can finish tight games with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Lou Williams, all bucket getters. And Paul George, obviously, is a top seven or eight player in the league, maybe top ten if you want to really stretch it out. But we know Kawhi is top three. We know that Lou Williams is the all-time leader in bench scoring in the history of the NBA. He is one of the great scorers off the bench in NBA history. And by numbers, he's the all-time greatest. The Clippers have put themselves in a position to basically, they're taking over where the Warriors left off. But I don't make snap decisions. I'm never prisoner at a moment. I'm pretty even kill. And I'm definitely not going to make a claim in July about who's going to win it all. But what I will say is, this move that nobody saw coming, this came out of left field. Remember, if you listen to the pundits, all signs were he was seriously considering L.A. He and Uncle Dennis were seriously considering the Lakers. And if you've listened to the past few shows, my line, my thought press, all my thought process all along, there is no way Kawhi Leonard is going to team up with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. He's not going to go anywhere where he's got to worry about if he's 1A or, or 2A. He's not trying to be anybody's sidekick. He's an alpha. He's that dude. He's the guy that you find a sidekick for. There's no way that was ever going to happen. And I made it clear. I thought he was either going to go back to the Raptors if the Clippers couldn't pull something off. And I'll be honest, I didn't think they'd be able to pull something off. When Jimmy Buckets came off the board, I really thought Kawhi's going back to the Raptors. It's, it's over. He's going back to the Raptors. And what he's really doing, what him and Uncle Dennis are really doing, they're just jerking the Lakers around. They're just stringing them along, letting free agents, targeted free agents that the Lakers might have preferred to sign, sign somewhere else. And he was also giving Jerry West time to try to put together a last-minute deal, a deal that nobody saw coming. And guess what? The logo, Jerry West, he did it. He put together that deal. Remember, this deal didn't go down like in the afternoon or early evening. It was late, late when it was finalized. It was late, late when it got put together. But it got put together. And now you have, some people are calling it parody. And that's insane talk. It's not parody. The NBA has never been about parody. The NBA has always been top heavy. So what's changed to make it parody? The Warriors were the clear favorites over the last four or five seasons to come out the West. And there was a team that consistently challenged them a couple of years in a row, but they consistently struggled with that word, consistently beat up on the Houston Rockets. So it was Warriors or Rockets, and it was always Warriors. That was the team that people thought had a chance. And two years ago, yes, they came very close, but we don't get into close. The bottom line is the Warriors won. They went on to become the champions. They won another championship. They won two more titles. The Rockets had a chance again last year and faded badly late in game five and then in game six at home. But my point is, those were the two teams considered legit title contenders. I love Dame. Love CJ. They're not title contenders. 
And they and I give them a lot of credit for overachieving and getting to the Western Conference Finals. But the reality is, anybody that knows ball knows once the Warriors beat the Rockets, they're in the finals. It's a wrap. Anybody that saw the Conference Finals, did they have any problems at all with Portland? None. None. They ran through them. They walked over them. They stumped them. It was a sweep. It, I mean... Everybody knows it was a sweep, but it wasn't just a physical sweep. It wasn't just a scoreboard sweep. They broke Portland down mentally. Again, big fan of Dame and CJ's. But until they ever, and I'm talking about Portland's management, until they ever go out and get another legit bucket getter, another guy that can get his own and bring in 20, somebody that can take pressure off of Dame and CJ, they're always going to be a really good team that wins 50-plus games and loses in the first or second round. I don't think they're ever going to surpass what they did last season. Sorry, Blazers fans. This isn't hate because I'm a fan of both players, and I, I, I wish them nothing but success. But when I look at what they have to work with, it's not going to happen. My point is, Kawhi going with Paul George to the Clippers, with they already established deep team, it doesn't create parity. It just gives you your clear front runner, which would be the Clippers. A lot of people would say the Rockets might be second, but I'm going to go with Denver. So what's changed? You had two legit contenders the last few years. Well, you've got two legit this year. You've got the Clippers. You've got Denver. And I'll throw in the Lakers because when you've got two top five players, you've got a puncher's chance, even if your depth isn't up to par. And I'll get back to the Lakers in a moment. And in the East, what do you have? You've got the Sixers. You've got the Bucks. That's it as far as title contenders. Yes, the Celtics might make the playoffs. And I like what Indiana did in the offseason. Do I think it's enough to go to the finals? I do not. The, 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 everybody's talking about the Nets because they got Durant, because they got Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan. And there are some talented young players on that team. But remember, that Nets roster, don't factor in KD. He's not playing next year. So this is really about Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan, and the young talent they have already on that roster. That's not going to get you to the finals. So nothing's changed. You have four elite teams, maybe five, if we want to really, like I said, include the Lakers. I'm not as high on the Jazz as other people's are because I live in reality, and I know what the Jazz are and what they're not. I love Mike Con Conley. He's one of the most underrated players in NBA history, but I don't think he's going to provide enough firepower to flip-flop what the, the, the Jazz lack. They still lack scoring punch, and they lost some bench depth this offseason. For the Jazz to make the leap that people are projecting that they'll make, it won't be about their additions. It'll be about Donovan Mitchell and his maturity and his development. If Donovan Mitchell can become a more efficient player on both ends of the floor and take that leap, then I'm in on the Jazz being a title contender. But as, as of right now, nah, I'm, I'm not seeing that. I see the Clippers. I see the Nuggets. And the Lakers, of course, because of the puncher's chance. In the East, like I said, Sixers, Bucks, that's it. So parity, not really. This is more status quo. This is more what the NBA has always been. There are some pretty good teams that are going to win 50 games. 
maybe 48 games, 50 games. They're pretty good. They'll entertain you. They have some star power. But that's not the same as being a legit title contender. The the NBA, guess what? It's always been that way. I wasn't around when Russell was doing his thing, but I respect what those Celtics accomplished. I, I respect his career. But in the 80s, with Bird and Magic, there were some really good teams in that era. But it was really about the Celtics in the East and the Lakers in the West. They lived in the finals for that decade. And when their time was up, the Pistons came in for a couple of years. And then the Bulls were in the finals six times in the 90s. Then you had the Spurs coming up at the end of the 90s and into the 2000s. And they went back and forth with the Kobe Shaq Lakers. But there weren't five teams in contention to win titles back then. There were four tops in the league. There are four or five tops right now in the league. This is a star-driven league. And if you don't have a superstar, if you don't have that one guy that when your offense isn't running right, when you're struggling, when your role players can't put it together or be productive on the road or at home, then you're not a title contender. There have been a few anomaly teams in the history of sports, and that's one of the beautiful things about sports. The 3 4 Pistons, what they were able to accomplish. I thought what they did against the Lakers was amazing. This is coming from someone who grew up a Laker fan. But that team, they were a really, really special defensive team. And they did go to six Eastern Conference Finals. And they went to two NBA Finals. But I wouldn't call them a dynasty. One, because they only won one title. But they were a special team and they had a special run. That's not the same as being a dynasty. And I don't want to get off track because I could talk about Detroit and how underrated uh, Billups and Rip were as a backcourt and so on and so on. I'm looking at the NBA today, the landscape of the NBA today. And this goes back to something that I said a few episodes back. Free agency is always about what you don't lose and what you're able to retain your talent. The Lakers' mistake was they'd already had Anthony Davis to pair with LeBron James. They already had two top five players. And I I get it. Sure, you could roll the dice and go, we could go for three top five players. And if you truly believe Kawhi Leonard wanted to be a Laker, then I would take that risk. But I don't know how they truly believe that Kawhi Leonard wanted to join LeBron James and be a sidekick to him. That's not even his DNA. That His whole brand, everything that says what Kawhi Leonard is or has been, sidekick, other guy, I don't see it. And the fact that Lakers management didn't see it, I don't get that. That, that blows my mind. The Lakers missed out on a lot of top-level talented free agents that could have been difference makers. But what's done is done. What they were able to do in their defense, I thought they made a good recovery. They added Danny Green, KCP, Jared Dudley, JaVale McGee, Boogie Cousins, Quinn Cook, and they brought back Rondo. That's a pretty good team. But if I were going to question maybe a weak point, if I were going to say 
when you look at a team and you break down strengths and weaknesses, the strength of this team is it has veterans, playoff tested, proven veterans. A weakness of this team, other than LeBron, I don't see anybody else that can create off the bounce and get their own shot. Maybe AD, but he's not really that kind of a ball handler, but maybe AD when he catches and faces up. But they don't have a lot of ball handlers or guys that can create for themselves. And the second thing that stands out is they're an older team. And they might be one of the least athletic teams in the entire NBA. If I were going to question something about the Lakers, is because they have so many guys in their 30s, the injury bug is, would be one of my main concerns. But with the invention of load management, maybe that's all they'll need to get forward and get through a tough grind of an 82-game season, which the commissioner and company are working on. Maybe they'll shorten that down. But anyway, I just look at this Lakers roster. I see Danny Green, 45% from three. KCP, respectable, 35% from three. Jared Dudley was 35% from three. Career, 39%. You got Quinn Cook, who shot 40% from three. So they have people who can shoot the three, and you're going to need those kind of shooters around AD and around LeBron. But what I'm concerned about, if I'm a Laker fan or just a fan of basketball, whether you root for the Lakers, you hate the Lakers, or you're just talking about loving the game. When I see a future matchup between the Lakers and the Clippers, I I think the Clippers are the deeper team. I think the Clippers may be a a little bit more athletic, and I think the Clippers have more versatility. The Clippers also have, like I mentioned before, they bring a guy like Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell off their bench, and you're talking about almost 50 points from two players. That's crazy productivity. The Western Conference, it didn't open up for everybody to have a shot to win, but it did get more fun. It did just get more exciting. Yes, the Blazers are going to be back in the playoffs. I just don't know if they have enough to go forward and go on a deep run. The Nuggets are going to be there. I really do think. Look at that Denver team. They got outplayed in a game seven by two great guards. And and I think Denver, if you want to say they, they were weak, they were just young, not weak. They were young, a little inexperienced. But don't you think Murray will be that much better? Don't you think Joker, who's already an all-NBA player, an all-NBA talent, will be that much better? Joker will be a legit MVP candidate next season. The Western Conference, no. It's not wide open. It's a three-team race, and there's some other really good teams that you'll enjoy watching. And then there's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's get to the Thunder. Because a lot of people didn't know that Paul George had asked for a trade. Paul George wanted out of Oklahoma City. Paul George was actually willing to go to Toronto to play with Kawhi Leonard. The funny thing is, the Thunder's management tried to move Russell Westbrook. They were trying to trade Russ to the Raptors, and they weren't feeling it. And what message is Oklahoma City Thunder's management sending Russell Westbrook, a guy who's been with the franchise his entire career. Russ has given them 11 years of his career. For over a decade, he's given you his heart and soul. 
The one thing you can say about Russ is he gives you everything. But if you make a trade and what you get back is primarily a young player and a bunch of picks, I like to say picks for for the next decade, you're making a play for the future, not for right now. And if you're making a play for the future and you have no problem with trading away Paul George, which that alone seems insane. Paul George isn't a free agent. He wasn't in the final year of his deal. He had just signed a four-year deal last year. Paul George, remember, last offseason was a free agent. Russell Westbrook throws a concert, has Nas come out, and next thing you know, Paul George says, I'm coming back, signs a four-year deal. He committed to Oklahoma City. And then he turned around this offseason, and he wanted a trade. He wanted out. And if I'm Oklahoma City, I would talk to him, and I would have sat Paul George down and said, we'll try to move you, but you're on our timetable. You're under contract. I wouldn't have rushed and done that. I wouldn't have made that deal. I know they got back a lot, but there could have been an even bigger deal out there for them. He wasn't going anywhere. What's insane is they traded him to an interconference rival. If I was going to move Paul George and I still wanted to get a haul, I'd move him back to the Eastern Conference. That's where I would have moved him. But it it brings up a curious question. And it seems like Sam Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder's management, I I think they saw what had happened the last two seasons in the postseason, getting knocked out in the first round. And I think they've come to the realization, or at least they believe, that going forward, they've hit a ceiling with what they could achieve with Russ as their best player. And if you're Russell Westbrook, how do you not go into their offices, have a seat and tell them, you don't want me. Can I tell you where I'd like to play? Can I at least get some consideration on where I, you might want to send me or, or where I might want to go? Can we meet somewhere in the middle after all I've done and what I've meant to this franchise? I think Russell Westbrook has a lot of basketball left in him. I think Russell Westbrook can help a team win a title. And I want to be clear because people will say, but you said, I said, I never thought Russ could be the best player on a title winning team. And I still don't. But I do think he's gifted enough. He's talented enough to be the second best player. I think Russ will be an excellent second or third option on a title winning team. Can Russ play off ball? To me, it's a no-brainer. As he gets older into his early 30s, he's 30. He'll be 31 when the season starts. He should switch over to two-guard. It's a natural switch for him. And I know he's not a range shooter. But he is a a gifted offensive player in terms of attacking the basket, getting to the foul line. He can still get buckets. What he needs to do is take a step back and be a more efficient version of himself. And pick his spots. And people are saying he can't do that because he's never adjusted his game. And I think people underestimate, and even maybe I've underestimated, Russ's will to win. I think he can step back. And I think that there's no way his feelings aren't hurt that they tried to move him. And I think that will motivate him and fuel him for wherever he ends up heading in the next season. Hey, Russ, I'm a fan. Outside of rooting for my favorite team, I'm rooting for you. Trust.
Just one more quick thought on the Russell Westbrook situation. Now, on social media, you're getting a lot of conversations, a lot of debates about whether or not it was Russell Westbrook's fault that Paul George left. So let me be clear. I don't think it was solely Russ's fault. I don't think it's on Russ. I think this was about management, and this was about Paul George. Remember, Paul George asked for a trade. And maybe the truth of the matter is Paul George just realized he didn't want to be in Oklahoma City. Maybe he didn't want to be in that area. Maybe he wanted to be he clearly wanted to be elsewhere. And maybe to be fair, on a basketball level, Paul George maybe looked around, looked at how the league was shaping up and didn't truly think he could contend for a title with Russell Westbrook. And that's a fair basketball assessment. My only problem is he was the same Russell Westbrook you put your arms around last summer and say he's my brother and that I'm coming back so we could try to win it all. He didn't change. The one thing that is consistent about Russell Westbrook is he is his own man. He is who he is. If anybody changed, it was Paul George. And I'll say this. Yes, it can be difficult to play with Russ if you're a star because he casts a big shadow and he plays a certain style that if you're not as aggressive, if you're not as all out, everything's on the line, like it's like war. Every possession matters. If you're not where he is, he'll leave you behind. I'm not saying Russ doesn't have flaws. I've been the first to point out. He is that guy that makes me jump out my seat. He's that guy that says, oh, my God, that's amazing. He's a beast. And then on the very next possession, he'll take a shot or he'll do something that just has me scratching my head or saying, what was he thinking? Russ is that dude. Some of the things that make him great are also the things that ultimately hurt him or hurt his team. So, no, I disagree with anyone that says this was all about him. I think this was about Thunder's management just looking at their roster. Paul George, max contract. Russ, super max. Steven Adams, max contract. You were the sixth seed and the seventh seed the last two seasons, and you got knocked out in the first round. That's not a fluke. To me, that was them looking and seeing that this era, this Russell Westbrook era, as great as it's been in some areas, I think it's over. But guess what? This gives Russ the opportunity to start a new chapter and still seek out winning that championship. I don't think Russ is done. His resume is not finished. And I look forward to it. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. Look, the biggest thing that came out of free agency was what the Clippers pulled off. But what I'm going to be looking forward to is finding out where Russell Westbrook finds a new home and how excited that fan base will be to have him on their team. Facebook fam, YouTube fam, Anchor, Podcoin, good looking out. It's the Cypher. When I come back next episode, we're going to do top 10 greatest free agents all time. Next time. 